Yo, 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 welcome back to God's Girl Podcast. This is your host, Izzy C, with co-host Baby B and Little K. Today's hot topic is charismatic worship. All right, guys, welcome back. We're going to head straight into it. Charismatic worship may be defined theologically as worship where the leadership and gifts of the Spirit are evidenced, or welcomed in personal and corporate praise, responding to a mighty act of God. Rooted in Pentecostalism, it developed out of the mainline charismatic movement, flowed into streams of the Jesus movement of the late 1960s and early 1970s, and continues in the third wave renewal to the present. American Pentecostalism's specialty was the repetition of Pentecost, which is found in Acts 2, with the baptism of the Spirit, signified by the gift of glossolalia, unknown tongues, unintelligible language, and ecstatic speech. It has emphasized an experience of the Spirit after conversion with tongues as the entryway into other spiritual gifts, such as healing, prophecy, miracles, and deliverance from demons. All right, now we're going to head to your co-host, Lil' K. Hello everybody, this is your co-host, Lil K, here to discuss with you the fascinating history of charismatic worship. Charismatic worship is associated most frequently with the Pentecostal church, which was first observed during a street revival in 1906. Its defining factor was the repetition of the Pentecost in Acts 2, where believers of all races and nationalities stood and worshiped together spoke in tongues, and used their spiritual gifts to honor God. It started out as working class and multiracial, but quickly gained popularity among other groups of Christians. However, it didn't become a major form of worship until Episcopalian pastor named Father Dennis Bennett experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. He then left the Episcopal Church to follow the more engaging worship style of the Pentecostals. Because of this, charismatic worship was introduced into mainstream Christianity for the first time. Speaking in tongues was the identifying factor because no other denomination of worship style used the gifts of the Spirit in this way. This free worship was particularly embraced in the 60s because of the political conflict at this time, such as the Civil Rights Movement and the Vietnam War. People wanted a hybrid worship culture to express their praise to God how they felt was best. Some of the biggest changes to worldwide worship were brought on by the Jesus Movement in the late 1960s, when contemporary songs and lyrics began to replace the ancient hymns and traditional choirs. When contemporary worship services arose, the charismatic worshipers were eager 
to embrace the new culture. When these two cultures joined, services would have leaders sing evangelical messages and exuberant praises to God while still designating time for the expression of the spiritual gifts, such as singing in tongues, speaking in tongues with interpretation, prophetic words, and spontaneous prayers. In the 1980s, a former jazz musician named John Wimber redefined the way worship was viewed across churches in America. He viewed worship as not just a way to evangelize or warm up a crowd, but as a genuine and personal praise of God. The worship songs transitioned from being just about God to songs directed to Him, a more intimate form of worship. In the midst of this new style of worship, people are converted, healed, convicted, and even saved. In regards to specifically charismatic worship, Wimber expected the gifts of the Spirit to come out during corporate worship, so people would be speaking in tongues and falling in the Spirit while a leader was leading worship. Wimber developed a five-stage model for an effective and intimate service, which included a call to worship or invitation, engagement, exaltation or praising God, adoration or showing God how our great love for Him is, and intimacy or to feel God's presence among them. Wimber ultimately was one of the main advocates for contemporary charismatic worship, replacing choirs and hymns with worship teams and new music. His style of charismatic worship is the most prevalent today and is still established as a major style of worship. All right, all right, all right. That was a little K with some history on charismatic worship. Now, the question is, how did this impact worship? Singing in tongues became its marker. A variety of postures such as hands raised toward heaven, standing or kneeling, accompanied song prayers. Shorter worship courses, often repeated, developed along with them. Other practices included praying for the baptism of the Spirit and ministering to the sick with the laying of the hands. Charismatic worship is Trinitarian, which means worship directed to the Father, through the Son, and in the Spirit. The gift of charismatic worship to the Church has been functionally to restore the Holy Spirit to our services. Charismatic worship finds its source in the Father, it's mediated through the Son, and is empowered and led by the Spirit. True charismatic worship is not human-centered or emotion-centered. The Spirit sensitizes worship with both freedom and order. Leaders of charismatic worship plan in advance. They also respond to the leading of the Spirit in the moment. This keeps worship fresh and relevant to each situation and congregation. The Spirit comes not only to glorify Jesus, but also to edify the church through His written Word of God. The personal effects of this worship are transformative. The Spirit indwells believers to change them to become more like Christ. The Spirit searches the hearts of God's people, exposing sin and pain, bringing forgiveness and healing.
Now we're going to head over to Baby B, where she has some critiques on charismatic worship. Bang, bang, it's your girl, Baby B. Today, I'm going to give you the inside scoop on some critiques of charismatic worship. The older charismatic worship is a largely spent force. Rather than renewing spirits in worship, it has been changed by new worshipers. True charismatic worship is not expressed in many Sunday services today. It is mainly found in midweek or weekend special services. Most churches have tended to revert to mainline evangelical public worship. Critics fear that this charismatic worship is exclusively subjective, reflecting narcissism and centering on us rather than on God. Others say that it can be too sentimental, catchy, or cute. Charismatic worship can often be scary to some people who are just newly coming into the faith. The speaking in tongues, loud yelling, and over-exaggerated movements are quite intimidating for most people. This can turn some people from truly connecting and worshiping God in these services because they are so intimidated by this lard and loud worshiping. The core problem with charismatic renewal is the emphasis on victory rather than on the dereliction of the cross, on sanctification rather than on redemption, on victorious rather living than on being justified and sinful at the same time. Worship ultimately calls us out of ourselves and into the presence of the living God. In favor of charismatic worship, people of this worship say that it is a time to be freely open to what God is doing and inspiring in them. At the heart of charismatic worship is that worship is designed by God to be a place where He and His people interact and where the Holy Spirit is set free to move and to speak as God is lifted up. When charismatic worshipers act out and speak aloud in tongues, they say that they are actively speaking of the Holy Spirit and expressing the activity of the Holy Spirit in their hearts. Alright, welcome back. Thank you, Baby B, for giving us some critiques on charismatic worship. Now I'm going to ask some, uh, Lil K and Baby B for their personal opinion on charismatic worship. So, Baby B, what's your opinion? Worship ultimately calls us out of ourselves into the presence of the living God. Personally, charismatic worship is a little intimidating and usual. I would be interested in attending a true charismatic worship service to see it in action but I personally do not have the conviction that this is the worship for me. It was interesting and entertaining to research and to hear people speak in tongues and worship so loudly. 
Alright, thank you so much. It's your host, Izzy C, and my opinion is that we should worship in spirit and in truth. It says in Romans 12, 1 through 2, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spirit worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. It also says in Romans 8, 26 through 27, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And then in John 4, 24, it says, God is Spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. We are commanded to worship, but we should feel compelled to do so because our God is worthy of all honor, praise, glory, and worship. All right, we're going to head to your co-host, Lil K. And so, Lil K, what's your opinion on charismatic worship? So, I've always grown up in a church with a more contemporary or blended style worship, and I'm even a worship leader for that more contemporary style, so charismatic is very unfamiliar to me. I feel like to have a proper opinion, I would have to go and experience this firsthand for myself and not just do outside research. Overall, I agree with Baby B. I think it is very intimidating, especially for an outsider or someone who doesn't usually do that, speaking in tongues and falling in the spirit. It's just a little unusual, and it's unheard of in any other denomination or any other style of worship. So I think it has the potential to be really something special, but overall, it's a little intimidating. All right, all right, all right. Thank y'all for joining God's Girls Podcast. This is your host, Izzy C, and co-host Baby B and Little K. We're going to end off on a Bible verse. It's going to be Revelation 22, 3. And it says, No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him.